Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. share some of this stuff with you. Last year, 2018, 57 people gave their hearts to Jesus for the very first time in our services. Isn't that awesome? We had 112 people rededicate their lives to the Lord. We had 111 people report to us that they had been physically healed during our services. That's awesome. We had uh, 3,681 bags of food distributed this year through our food pantry. That uh, is the equivalent. A a bag of food will feed multiple people for multiple meals. So uh, we do the math, and and we we figure it feeds, uh, it provides around 11,000 meals uh, this year that were provided. And then, of course, over 72,000 people uh, were saved during the Pakistan mission trip this past fall. What an awesome, come on, y'all lift it up, give God glory. Isn't that awesome? So good. So good to be on Team Jesus, right? I mean, come on, he's so good to us, and he'll use even us, and we're really excited. So we're going to continue talking about engaging with God. Um, Now, over the next three uh, weeks, we're going to be talking about engage your head, engage your heart, and engage your hands. And these are the different ways that we're going to engage God. And we're getting this from this scripture. Let me read it to you. It's Mark chapter 12, 29 through 31. Someone asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And as Jesus tends to do, he doesn't quite answer the question in the way they wanted him to. He actually says two things. He says, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. In other words, you can't have one without the other. It's incomplete if you only talk about that one. Love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus said. No other commandment is greater than these. So Jesus says, look. If you want to know the big picture, what do I really want? He didn't choose from the uh, the 612 laws that he could have chosen from. He didn't even choose uh, one of the Ten Commandments. But he took a verse from Deuteronomy, and he took another verse from Leviticus, and he mashed them together, and he said, this is really what God wants for us. He wants us to love God and love people. Now, As we talk about engaging your head, engaging your heart, and engaging your hands, this is what I found. Most people choose one. You know, some people say, well, I'm going to engage God with with my head. I'm going to really study uh, and understand intellectually who God is, what he's about, and that's going to be my thing. And I'm not so much into the emotionalism of, of loving God with my heart. And I'm not so much into serving other people, but I'm just going to engage this way. And then others say, well, yeah, well, Jesus is kind of, you know, Jesus means so much to me and he's so special. So important. I just love Jesus with my heart. No, I don't really know scripture that much. And, you know, I don't really want to get out there and serve either. But just I really feel in love with God. 
and they engage with their heart. And then others say, you know, I don't really understand this whole Jesus stuff, to be honest, but I like the community, and I like to help other people. So I'm going to do that. That's how I'm going to engage. Here's the thing. God wants all of these things from you. You don't just choose one. You engage in all areas of your life. And so we're going to talk this morning about engaging your head, loving God with all of your mind. You know, some people think it's unintelligent to be a person of faith. I've gotten into a lot, I hate to admit this to you, I've gotten into a lot of internet arguments over the years. They've borne great fruit, let me tell you. I've changed all sorts of minds. And, and, and there's this mentality out there that if you're a person of faith, if you believe uh, in an unseen God, that somehow that makes you less intellectual than someone who doesn't. And that, that, that idea is screamed from the rooftops. But it is unequivocally wrong. It's wrong. It's actually really, really unintelligent to look around at the world around us and think, hmm, just appeared. No God involved. No process involved. I mean, it's so unintelligent to think that way. I mean, everything that exists has a purpose. Everything. Everything that you can see, touch, taste, smell, and hear, it has a purpose. If something has a purpose, that means that it was designed to meet that purpose. And if something was designed, it means that there was a designer that conceived of that design for that purpose. And so it it just makes sense to have faith. And I I love this scripture. It's Romans uh, 12, 1. It says, I beseech you, which is the, the fancy way of saying I urge you. Or if you're on the playground in third grade, I double dog dare you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, that means set apart, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Reasonable. Now, this word reasonable in the Greek is logikos. Logikos, and it's where we get our English word logic. It means reasonable, rational, and logical. Do you know it's logical to believe in God? It's reasonable and rational to to follow Jesus. It's one of the smartest things that you can do. Look, don't let anyone intimidate you because of your faith. Don't let anyone make you think that you're less than or not intellectual because of your faith. Faith makes sense. Unfortunately, in some of our Christian circles, we've said, well, I don't need intellect. I don't need to engage my head. I don't need to love God with my mind. And we don't want to be like that. We want to engage all of us, including our heads. And so I want to walk you through this morning, how do we engage our head? How do we engage our head? How do we love God with all of our minds? Well, here's the first thing I have for you, is that we will engage our head when we give God our intellect. We give God our intellect. You know, the human brain is incredible. It's amazing. Whenever I get some free time, I just kind of like to read about, you know, mind science and brain science and that kind of stuff. It's, it's amazing to me. Um, do you know that you have 86 billion neurons in your brain? 
The, the neurons are, are, are the cells that, that, that share information with each other. It's how information travels. 86 billion. You have 86 billion. And, and as a matter of fact, I was telling the kids this earlier. As you continue to do things that engage your mind, you can actually continue to grow neurons. It's not a set number. You can actually change the number of neurons. The information inside your brain, traveling from neuron to neuron, it travels at over 260 miles an hour. Your brain, you have this incredible, incredible uh, computer inside of you. And look, you are smarter than you think. I mean, some of you, some of you were told that you were stupid by parents, by educators, by friends, and you believed it somewhere along the way. And I just want to let you know, that is a lie from the enemy. God does not create stupid. What he does is he creates opportunity for you to invest in your own minds. And so I encourage you, you may have thought you were dumb your whole life. Well, I have news for you. God created your brain for you, and you can use your intellect to honor him and to worship him. Here's what I know about people's intellects, and you know this too, is that you learn about what you love. You learn about what you love. And have you ever talked with someone and, and the conversation's just kind of boring for a little bit, and then all of a sudden you bring up a topic, and that's like their topic. You know, my, my, my oldest son, you all of a sudden start talking about cars, and he can name, like, the year this certain model was, was first made, and, and, and here's the change that, that happened in this year. He's learned about it because he loves it. It's some people, I can, I, I, there was a lady I used to work with many years ago. She knew so much information about celebrities and movie stars. It was hilarious. She like knew who was married to who and who and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, wow, she spent a lot of time learning about this. Why? Because she loves it. I think we all know the guy that knows the sports statistics. He knows the quarterback rating from the 1967 Super Bowl. What? But he can't remember his anniversary. <laughs> He's learned about what he loves. And we do that too. Colossians 3 Chapter 2, it says, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. One translation says, keep thinking about the things above. And the Greek here, it actually says, direct the mind towards the things above. See, you're going to learn about what you love. So if you need to increase your learning, maybe you need to increase your love. Maybe you need to stoke the flames of the passion in your heart towards the Lord. You know, it just doesn't make sense to say, I love God, but I don't want to know anymore about him. I don't want to learn. I mean, ladies, that wouldn't fly in your marriage, would it? If you came home from a hard day of work or hard day, you know, with the kids and your, uh, your husband's there, you're like, okay, you won't believe what happened to me today, sweetheart. And, and he goes, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not interested. You know, I married you, and, and so that proves my love, but I don't, don't, don't tell me about your day. I feel like I know everything I need to know. That's not going to work, is it? No, that's not going to work at all. Not at all. Yeah, we, we, we learn about the things that we love. And look, I, I get it. For some people, maybe you're not a reader. I, I'm an auditory learner. That means I learn by hearing. 
So if instead of reading books, I usually listen to books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Did you know that in the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, the New Living Translation, there's a little play button at the bottom, and some dude will read you the Bible. You don't have that kind of time? To listen to someone? I mean, you don't even have to read it yourself. I mean, come on. You learn about what you love. Don't kid yourself. So if you're not learning, if you're not using your intellect, where's your love at? Here's the other thing that that I know to be true, and you know this as well. You memorize what matters. Not only do you learn what you love, but you memorize what matters. I mean, I joked about anniversary, but if you're married, you probably know your anniversary because it matters. I I bet you know your social security number because that matters. Tiffany knows my social security number because we've had to use it on different things, but I don't know hers at all. And she's like, that's not fair. Sorry, sweetheart. Mine matters. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we memorize those things that matter. We used to memorize phone numbers, and we don't anymore because of our phones, right? It's so weird to me. I'll say, I'll say to someone, hey, so what's your phone number? They're like, oh, I don't, I don't know. And they'll have to look it up. And they're like, I never call myself. I'm like, come on. You, you got to know your own phone number, right? I, I still remember phone numbers from when I was a kid. And can I just say this? I'm, just, I'm here to help you this morning. When you're telling someone your phone number, there is a phone rhythm that you need to engage in to not confuse people. Y- y'all, know, y'all know what I'm talking about? Ba-ba-ba, ba-ba, ba-ba. That's phone rhythm, Okay. You've got to, when you're sharing your phone number with someone, you've got to use that rhythm. So weird. I remember at, um, at my secular employment before I was here, people, I would say, so what's your number? They're like, 32948. Wait, what? It's two. Okay, two. 35. Okay, you just went to 35 instead of three. You got to keep, you got to have the phone rhythm, okay? Bump up, bump up, bump All right? Don't mess with the phone rhythm. But y'all, y'all understand, though, right? You memorize what matters. You're talking about memorizing Scripture, and, you know, so many people say, well, it's hard. Well, when was the last time anything worthwhile was easy? Psalm 119, verse 11. says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I have hidden your word in my heart. That's memorization. That's learning about what you love and memorizing what matters. And and so this is how we engage our intellect. I do not want to hear you say that it's too hard to memorize or that you can't memorize. I'll give you an example. Just a small town girl living in a... I don't have the lyrics up here. How did you know that? That's crazy. And I, I will always. What? That's not even a Christian song. I don't. I got friends in. Y'all a bunch of heathen up here in church. You're trying hard not to show it. But baby, baby, I know it. You've lost that. And the lyrics aren't even up on the screen, yet you have memorized those words. All right, here's one from my generation. All right, stop. 
collaborate and y'all, y'all, y'all need church. Shouldn't be listening to that stuff. I don't know what you're doing. Come on. We memorize stuff all the time. Life is like a box of Toto. I'm afraid we're not in. There were 50 states to choose from. How did you know Kansas? Because you memorize what matters. You know, you know what? Memorization, the key to memorization is just simple repetition. The reason you know those songs, the reason you know those movie quotes is because they've been repeated by other people, by you, by watching the movies, by watching, by listening to the music. And so look, you can memorize and you memorize. Give God your intellect. Don't just wait for someone to spoon feed it to you. Come on, do it yourself. You can do this. You're smart. 86 billion neurons. 260 miles an hour. You can do this. Amen? The other way that we can engage our head, besides giving God our intellect, is to practice intentional thinking. Practice intentional thinking. I am a huge fan of this. I know I talk about this fairly regularly here. I'm going to continue to talk about it because it's so important. Imagine a red sports car. And now all of a sudden, you guys just saw a red sports car in your mind's eye. I just said it, and it appeared. Okay, that's amazing. That's an incredible gift that God has given us. It's part of our intellect, and it's intentional thinking. I said something, and so you thought about it. Worship... Worship is not just singing a song. Worship is intentionally thinking about the love of God and honoring him and adoring him because of what he's done. That's all worship is. And and, and so it's intentional thinking, intentional love, intentional honor of God. So we need to practice intentional thinking. Let me show you some ways to do this. The first one is to take negative thoughts captive. To take neg- this is like playing defense. Okay, bad thoughts come in your way, and we're going to ward those things off. Okay, we're going to use intentional thinking uh, by taking negative thoughts captive. Second Corinthians ten, four through five. It says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal." In other words, it's not your own ability; it's not your fleshly ability. Okay, these aren't the weapons that you have, but mighty in God. They're spiritual for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When you take thoughts captive, let me just put it to you this way. This is really easy. Identify the lie and substitute the truth. That's taking thoughts captive. Identify the lie. Substitute the truth. You're having a down day. You're like, you know what? What I do just doesn't matter. No one cares about me. Okay, you start having these thoughts, right? I know you have them. Everyone has them. I have them. You have them. We all have them. So what do you do? You identify the law. You, you listen to your own thinking. You say, okay, what's wrong about this thinking? What's wrong about this? Okay, it's not correct that I don't matter. It's not correct that I have no purpose or meaning. That's wrong. Okay, what's the truth to substitute for that lie. Well, the truth is that I'm who God says I am. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm a, I'm a holy generation, a royal priesthood. I'm, I'm, I'm royalty in God's family. I've been chosen. I'm loved. And so now you begin to, you, you identify the lie and you substitute the truth. And you're playing defense. You're combating those negative thoughts. See, here's what you need to understand. Just because you have a thought doesn't mean that it's from you. 
or for you. And it's been, it's up to you, it's been given to you to steward your thought life. So many people, they just, they just react unthinkingly to their own thoughts. Well, I feel this way, so I'm going to act this way. Okay, you don't have to be that way. You can, you can dissect your thought life and say, okay, this is not true. This does not agree with the word. So I'm going to take it captive. I'm going to identify the lie and substitute the truth. You get to determine your own thoughts with intentional thinking. You got to compare your thoughts to the word of God and bring those thoughts into alignment with the truth. But you got to know the truth first, right? And that's why we learn about what we love and we memorize what matters. So that we can defend against those negative thoughts. So we practice intentional thinking by taking negative thoughts captive. That's our defense, right? But there's also an offense, and it's this. It's to renew your mind to the truth. You're not only defending against the negative, but you're purposefully engaging in the positive. Okay? You renew your mind to the truth. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, renew your mind, renew it. That sounds kind of churchy. I get that. I like the way uh, the New Living Translation puts it. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The thoughts that you think determine who you will become. The, the word here for renew, it says renew your mind. It's a Greek word. It's eikinosis. Eikinosis. It means a renewal, a renovation, or a complete change for the better. Have you ever renovated a room in your house? Maybe done a kitchen renovation, or some of y'all do that for a living. Uh, or, or maybe renovate the bathroom. Or, or maybe, you know, redecorate and, and, and renew the living room. Okay. Whenever you renew, whenever you remodel, it's always for the better. You wouldn't have this awesome, like, living room, you know, sofa and, and all this stuff. And you say, you know what? This is really nice, really comfortable. Everyone likes it. Let's toss it. I found some stuff out at the dump. It's got some awkward stains on it. Not sure about that. But it, you know what? We're going to renovate. No, it's always an upgrade when you renew. It's always an upgrade when you remodel. You wouldn't tear out, you know, uh, the, the nice appliances in your kitchen and put in some ones that don't work. No, you always upgrade when you renovate. You always upgrade when you remodel. When you renew your mind, you are upgrading your thinking. You are intentionally thinking about, pouring over, listening to, thinking about God's word, God's truth. And you're letting that remodel the furniture in your minds, the appliances in your minds. But you've got to do this intentionally. This will not happen without you trying. You have to try. You have to do something. This is something I've been thinking about lately. I'm going to test it out on you guys. I like equations. Y'all know I like to talk about the salvation equation. I haven't shared about that in a while, but I will soon. Don't worry. We're going to get to the salvation equation soon. I want you guys to have that memorized. 
And when I say, hey, we're going to talk about the salvation equation this morning, I want you to go, ugh, because you already know it. That's my goal. I want to talk to you this morning, though, really quickly. We're going to end with this. This is the final idea I want to throw at you about the transformation equation. The transformation equation. This is what it is. Information, facts, knowledge, plus application, doing something with it, times dedication, keeping at it, equals transformation. Let's talk about this. Information by itself will not change you. Knowing a fact. That's, I mean, how many people know that Jesus was born the Virgin Mary in a stable? They know the Christmas story, but they've never surrendered their life to him. It's just information. It's just facts that they learned at Sunday school. Now, it's important to know the facts. We talked about surrendering your, your intellect. But in order to make those facts matter, it's not just the information that you need. You, you need an application as well. And there's one part in scripture where the apostle Paul says, hey, we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So it's not enough to just know the information. You've got to apply the information as well. I remember when I was a, a teenager, um, you know, there was a lot of land where we lived. And so dad had gotten us a riding lawnmower, uh, keyword being us, not him. And uh, it was our job to mow the grass. And, you know, I, I actually enjoyed it because, you know, I'd put on my headphones and uh, my Walkman, my Sony Discman, where there's actually disc, right? And then it would skip because I hit a bump. So I'd be, I'd be you know, cutting the grass. I remember one time, though, I was, I was, I'd been going for a while, maybe 30 minutes. And I looked back at, at, at the grass I had been cutting, and there was no change at all. And I realized I'd forgotten to engage the blade. Y'all, y'all, if you've done, if you, because on a riding lawnmower, the blade's underneath you. And so for safety, it's up. And then once you crank it up and you start going, you have to pull the lever down. The blade goes down and then actually cuts the grass. I had ridden on the lawnmower. I cranked it up. I looked like I was doing the right thing, but there was no change because I'd not applied the information. I not lowered the blade. Nothing was happening. Even though I had the blade, there was gas, there was oil, but I had to still apply it in order for change or transformation to take place. And then you have to keep at it. It takes dedication. I mean, knowing the information is great and then applying the information, but for true transformation to take place, it takes dedication. You got to stick to it. You, you, you've got to continue even when it's hard, even when you're sweaty, even when you run out of gas, you need to fill up the tank. Even when the lawnmower broke, that lawnmower broke down all the time. It was ridiculous. You have to keep at it. It's not enough just to have the information. It's even not enough to have application, but you've got to apply dedication, time, endurance. Then you will see true transformation in your life. I want you to engage your mind, to engage your head. We'll talk about engaging your heart next week, okay? But, and your hands the week after. But I want you to, to commit to the Lord. This is my question for you this morning. I really want you to think about it. Are you engaging your head? When it comes to your faith, when it comes to your walk with the Lord, are you engaging your head? 
Are you loving God with all your mind? Here's the cool thing. When you love God with all your mind, you engage your head, you get to participate in your own life change. You're not just hoping one day that God magically turns you into who you're supposed to be, but you are intentionally using your thinking, you're using your intellect, you're learning about what you love, you're memorizing what matters, and you are engaging your head when it comes to your walk with the Lord. Let's stand for prayer. I always like for us to respond. So if you will, take a moment, close your eyes. I want you to consider what we've talked about. In your own words, under your breath, just you and the Holy Spirit right now, I want you to ask him, am I engaging my head? Maybe you're good at engaging your heart. Maybe you're good at serving and engaging your hands, but are you engaging your head? Are you loving the Lord your God with all your mind? Or are you just leaving that fancy schmancy study to the scholars? Ask the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer where we commit to engage, not just with our heart and hands, but with our head. If you will, pray this prayer after me. Pray it from your heart. I'm just giving you the words. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you engaged with me. And I want to engage with you. I want to love you with everything. So I commit to you this morning. I want to engage my head. I want to love you with my life. And that includes my mind. I surrender my intellect to you. I want to learn about what I love. And that's you. I want to memorize what matters. That's your word. And I thank you, Lord, that as I practice intentional thinking, I take negative thoughts captive. I renew my mind to the truth that I will be transformed into your image. Holy Spirit, I invite you to correct me and convict me so that I might engage my head and love you with my mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Steph. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.